Greetings, programs. Here we are again. We are going to wrap up last week's episode. Welcome to Short From the Podcast, by the way. I am Joe Loper, your host. And I'm going to jump right into this because this is actually hopefully going to be the wrap up of last week's episode, talking about you know anger and America. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, I definitely recommend going to that episode, jumping in there, and then come back to this one. If you're really curious about everything I've talked about, you can go back to episode one, but I'm just suggesting. Okay, so last week, you know, I ended on this, the reasons why a lot of Americans feel outraged and angry and frustrated. And what I think that's leading us to is a very specific time when we just don't have any catharsis. And again, if you're not sure why I'm talking about last week's episode, will really bring that out. We'll help you understand that. And the catharsis doesn't even have to be absolute resolutions. I mean, you know, we're never going to go out and just suddenly resolve politics. That's impossible. Politics is an ongoing thing. The economy, that's an ongoing thing. But the fact that we have so many cross-pollinations of all these different challenges happening at the same time, you know, the planets have aligned very specifically right now. And there, there doesn't seem to be at least as of this moment, there doesn't seem to be, you know, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel specifically. There's, it's basically, okay, things are tough. And like the economy, they're saying it's actually going to get a lot tougher, uh, possibly in 2023. You know, we're still dealing with the pandemic. It's not, although I did just see that President Biden declared the pandemic over. Not really sure that you can declare that? I don't know. That's That was interesting. I didn't read the article, but I thought that was interesting. But again, it's definitely something we're going to be dealing with, you know, probably permanently now. You know, there's, in the, at least in the U.S., I think they're going to be giving us regular vaccinations, just like the flu shot. But there's a lot of unrest, civil, political, economical, global. It's just rampant right now. Okay. So we've talked about the reasons, we've talked about the problem. What do we do? How do we, or at least how do we get to the point to where we feel like we're making progress? Even if we're not resolving things, ultimately, how do we get to the point where we feel like we're on the road to progress? Which is, I think, really why a lot of Americans are just, are just rage monsters right now, myself included. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I am... I am right there at the top of like snapping off on someone, especially in New York. And if I'm on my scooter, again, listen to last week's episode, but if somebody actively endangers me while I'm on my scooter, I will just go off. I had a lady the other day, I was walking my scooter through a crosswalk. I had the, I had the green light and she was turning right and just decided that I should wait for her. Just arbitrarily, I guess because I'm pushing an e-scooter. I don't know. Maybe that maybe she that hatred for riders extends to even walking them, but she just felt that she should be able to go. And you know, out of the corner of my eye, I see this car is actually coming and not stopping. So I turn right at the point where she's, I don't know, maybe six inches from hitting me. And my response, I'm not proud of. I snapped on her and I flipped her off almost in the same motion. The flipping off was not something I had thought about. It was almost I was just kind of a 
muscle memory reaction, if you will. So that's definitely something that I need to work on myself because even though she was in the wrong, I don't like responding that way off the cuff. I'm not proud of that moment. Snapping on her, like, what the heck? What are you doing? Crazy, crazy, crazy face woman, you know, pay attention. People in the crosswalk have the right of way, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I can be better myself. Back to the problem at hand. Okay. A big, I think, something that allows the average citizen in this country specifically to be able to deal with what is going on is productive, even if it's heated, but really good conversation. Now, this is something that also doesn't seem to exist at the highest levels of government in our country. Like, I don't, maybe... These, there's been some some partisan bills passed recently that kind of gave us a little bit of hope that something good could be starting, but then they they stopped and kind of went back to just bickering at each other. So even at that level, there's no real solid discourse. And at the you know at our level, the plebeian level, the peasants, you know, when was the last time you could have a conversation with someone of an opposing political party, or maybe? or maybe different religious beliefs, pro-life, pro-choice, whatever it is, you know, if there's, if there's an ability to have that conversation, when's the last time you could have that conversation and it not just devolve into a shouting match of maybe one person is trying to make a point and the other person just starts attacking and that's really what's happened a lot and you can see this so clearly in politics when it comes to, you know, the Democrats and Republicans and again, I don't, I don't want to get this in right now. I'm not really trying to go into like, oh, this, this party or this party, because they are absolutely both guilty of this, including us, including the people that support them or vote them in the office. But if we can't have conversation, if we can't even talk about what's going on, how the heck are we supposed to come up with solutions? How are we supposed to even understand what the problem is? I don't, I don't think you can. I think that's impossible. Right? That's like going into McDonald's and you look up at the menu and they ask you what you'd like to order and you start pointing at the menu and they start just rattling things off. It's like, do you want this? And you're like, no. And you shake your head, no. And you point to, you point again. It's like that conversation is going to be so stilted and eventually it's just going to lead to either they're going to kick you out. <laughs> you might get your order eventually, but it's not going to be really what you want because you didn't use your words. So we have to reinstitute the ability to just be able to have conversations with each other without attacking the other person as a defense mechanism because that's fear-based and this is really what politicians a lot of news programs there's a lot of this stuff going around and let's be honest let's be honest social media is the absolute worst at this this is what social media is it brings out the absolute worst in us because when we are engaged and you know you're angry typing you know you just can't type fast enough the the haptic feedback on your phone can't keep up with how quickly you're you're punching spell check just it's just given up it's just a bunch of jumbled letters because we just can't type fast enough like that's that's what social media wants that's what these companies want because it's engagement it keeps you on the app. It keeps you on the platform. And they are showing you ads. And ads generate revenue for the company. And the more they do that, the more money they make, the more happier their shareholders are. This is 
This is business 101 for them. But for us, just look at the 2016 election with, with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and what Russia did. That's insane that they were able to have that kind of sway over American voters just with being able to just do campaigns and, you know, oh, she's a crook and all this other stuff. Like, that's insane. And we fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I myself, there have been, there was a time, not it wasn't political, it was about the Uvalde shooting in Texas that happened a few months ago. And there was a photo, I think, that was released, or they, they released a handful of photos of the security cameras in the hallway where it showed the police waiting to enter the room. And one of them was of a police officer. He had his service pistol. Uh, he had it drawn and it was against, you know, he was holding it against his chest and he had his phone out. And something about the caption was like, you know, this is how, this is how much they cared or something. It was a very derogatory post. Now, I don't remember if I shared it. I don't, I, I did something with it. I might've just sent it to a friend, something like that. Well, the truth of it is, and this is, as far as I know, this is the truth. What it was, is that was the officer who had, whose wife was in one of the, who was in the room and he was trying to communicate with her because she would, had been shot, but he was being prevented from entering. And eventually he was actually stopped, removed, took his weapon from him and he was removed from the grounds because he wanted to breach the room and nobody else would. But I was guilty of just jumping right on that bandwagon because I was, you know, I'm outraged as anyone about what happened in Uvalde. It's ridiculous. Not only the shooting, but the police's reaction. So let's jump into, let's get to the final chapter here, because I don't, I don't want to stretch this out to three episodes. Rich Roll recently talked about this, and it was, I think it was maybe two, three podcasts ago, but he had this really great thing. It was very simple, and this is what he said. Conversation matters. If we can't talk about it, we can't solve it. Now, he goes on to talk about some of the things that we talk about that I've already talked about in this episode, you know, the problems that we faced and, and things like that. What he says is they begin and end with conversation, actual helpful discourse. Cornell West calls this the Socratic approach. Obviously, it's, you know, it's based on the life of Socrates that we were introduced to by the writings of Plato. And this is what the University of Chicago, this is how they describe the Socratic method. Uh, University of Chicago Law School, when they are referencing Socrates and this method, the Greek philosopher who sought to get to the foundations of his students and colleagues' views by asking continual questions until a contradiction was exposed, thus proving the fallacy of the initial assumption. This is how they got to a solution. They figured out the problem through back and forth, being open to that conversation, being communicative. I'm sure they got heated. Are you kidding me? Obviously, I'm sure these got into shouting matches, but ultimately they didn't give up on the actual conversation. You tell me when the last time that happened in this country was. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I guarantee it didn't happen at the national level. And if it did, it was probably between two people who already mutually respected each other. But if you had like, say, opposing political parties running for governor, senator, anything like that, I guarantee they couldn't have this conversation right now because they have become so polarized, they have to attack each other. It's almost what the parties expect from each other at this point, even the Democrats. I'm not going to argue, I think that a lot of this warmongering comes from the Republican side, not because Republicans are bad people, but because of who is in the Republican Party, two very different things. But they're both guilty of it. And that has informed us, because we see it all the time. We see this anger, this bitterness. 
our leaders are ranting at each other and calling them names and degrading each other. And I mean it every way possible in meetings, you know, congressional hearings on Twitter, just going at each other on Twitter. It's ridiculous. AOC just reprimanded somebody for talking to a witness during one of their house, uh, house investigations, the way he spoke to a, um, I forget the representative's name who was, who was, who she was yelling at or who she apologized for. He, he talked to a witness and, uh, a lot of people think he talked down to them pretty badly. And she actually apologized at that moment for how badly it is. And he's talking to a witness called before the house of representatives testify. And I don't even think it was a hostile meeting. I think it was just, you know, asking a question and they answered. So we have to be, as a society, as a united people, we have to be better at talking to each other with the intent to come up with a mutual solution. And that's going to require humility. It's going to require patience and stop attacking each other. You know, oh, the only reason you think that way is because, you know, you're dumb or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Like we attack the person. And honestly, if somebody's attacking the person without focusing on what the subject is, they've already lost. This is what a lot of politicians do. That's why mudslinging comes into it. They can't hold their weight with the actual conversation or with the whatever the conversation is about or the problem at hand. So they should do a character attack. You know, they do a character assassination because that's the only way they can make progress or have any chance of being elected. Right? We have to get away from that. We have to do better. That's on us to do better. Because as a country, if the people demand better, the leadership has to follow. And that is what this country is founded on. I kind of went off the railings more towards leadership, but I think that's just the best example that I can give that really gets to the heart of this. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that. Hopefully that wasn't too much of a rant. Trinity, Neo, Morpheus, thank you for sticking around both weeks. I appreciate you. Have an awesome rest of your week. Hopefully that was helpful. I will do the best I can to follow my own advice, and I hope you do too. Have an amazing, amazing day. Thanks. Thanks.